Tony Adams, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm glad to be here. Yep, Tony. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your work. I'm a lifelong Astros fan. Uh, we know you by your your if your infamous websites that I'm sure put you on the map far more than you ever could have dreamed that you would have been. www.signstealingscandal.com Oh, yeah, yeah, it definitely uh, hit bigger than I anticipated. <laughs> hey, you know, your intentions were pure and, um, you know, and admirable, so to speak. And we'll definitely get into that. Um, but um, before we go, before we get into that, Tony, you know, I wanted to have you on. I'm a huge fan of your work, but I really wanted to kind of go back in time and kind of build way up to, you know, what led you to create that website. And um so the Astros, it's it's you're obviously a fan. Can you tell us how you were introduced to the Astros and the sport of baseball? Um, well, I'm in my mid fifties, and so uh, uh, I was in my early teens in the uh, late seventies, and you know it was about that time that a lot of kids start to follow baseball. And uh, the Astros before then weren't very good, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Starting in the late 70s, they actually started to get a little bit better. And then they had some really uh, dynamic players like J.R. Richard and Jose Cruz, Cesar Cedeno. Uh, um, and um, so I really started to follow them. And, and I, you know, it's playing baseball, too. So, you know, once nice. you start to play, you know, you start to follow the team a little bit better. But uh, uh, and that those were the days when only the uh, road games were on TV. So I got to listen to uh, oh. the radio a lot. And, and that's actually a different experience you know being able to kind of hear gene elston you know narrate a game it was really something special and uh so really just fell in love with the game and uh like i said the players uh, on the astros at that time were were pretty dynamic and it was a pretty good team you know at the late 70s and uh and jr richard was my favorite too and he was such mm -hmm. such a, a a dominant uh imposing figure you know oh yeah just the uh uh just uh the power and, and, and the, um, just he, and I remember there was a, some magazine had a picture of him where he had over 300 strikes. He had 303 strikes and he had the baseballs that spelled out 303 or 303 and wow. really kind of <laughs> made an impression <laughs> on me, you know? So, uh, so about that time is when I really started, I was about 13, 12 or 13 years old. And, uh, yeah. There you go. So, so you grew up in Houston, I suppose. In the Houston area, in Clear Lake, which is south of Houston. Very nice. And you say you played baseball. How long did your playing career last? <laughs> Just little league. I wasn't very good. I mean, I was okay, but I wasn't. You know, I, well, I didn't make it into high school or anything like that. It was just a. I was more like. A, uh, one of the bad news bears guys, like the guy on the on the bench that was keeping score and stuff like that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I forget his name, but <laughs> oh yeah. Well, hey, I mean, you got some swings to the bat. You're able to kind of emulate, you know, your favorite players that you're yeah, watching. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Houston Astros listening to the radio, which is the radio was instrumental to baseball for the longest time. Oh, yeah. You can listen to it and you can follow along a great with a game, almost like reading a book. And yeah. that's interesting that only the road games were on TV. Was this, I mean, what channel was that on? Yeah, it was channel 26. I think it's, it might've been 39, but it, it was, I think it was 26. So it was local television. These weren't, weren't big national broadcasts. Yeah, no. And there was the, the, uh, Monday night baseball would happen every once in a while. But, uh, uh, other than that, you know, uh, obviously it was pre-cable and, and uh, uh, pre-cable uh, 
regional sports networks. So um, uh, it wasn't until I think around 1981 or 82 where, well, first of all, we got cable, <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was, you know, not having to get up and uh, flip the channels between channel 11 and 13 or, you know, all that <laughs> stuff was kind of amazing. But, uh, uh, and then the regional sports networks came in. And so being able to watch the home games was actually quite a, a uh, revolution <laughs> oh yeah i bet but he, but it, it the way you describe it at first being able to watch all the road games and then in the home games all of that seems so much better than the current blackout situation we have because unless you have at&t sports network yeah. you can't watch the astros in houston and at least at your day you were able to watch it on the local channel which is is actually a better deal <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, um, that obviously was a big advantage. It was broadcast, but you know, you only had the Astros, and um, yeah. so you, and obviously they were only National League, so you didn't see any of the AL teams at all, uh, except. And so you were, I tell you what, was really uh, big at the time was this week in baseball, uh, the, the weekly mm-hmm. show that came on uh, the MLB put out with the Mel Allen narrating. Mm-hmm. It was a thirty-minute highlight show. It was pre-ESPN. Uh, uh, and uh, just being able to see other players, other teams, and, and their highlights from from the from the week was pretty remarkable. And then you know, if uh, there was a, a big play in the Astros game during the week, you'd always want to watch and see if they they had that replay on 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 the, this week in baseball. But there I, you go. It's like making the ESPN, you know, yeah. top ten. Yeah, yeah. It was obviously things were slower then. I mean, as far as getting information, it wasn't like we have now, where it's just you know. You can get the, the the pitch, you know, immediately in the pitch location and yell at the umpire. Basically. Oh <laughs> man, two inches off the plate, you know. <laughs> you know um, I know. You know, we're so spoiled with our short attention spans. Uh, I do remember reading the paper during the 90s, you know, the home run race between Sosa and McGuire. But shortly after then, we got these things called computers and then <laughs> smartphones. I mean, and then, of course, sabermetrics, like it goes way beyond the simple stats. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. much you're aware of that, but it's we yeah, yeah, yeah. well past. Well, no, I, I bought the uh, uh, Bill James Baseball Abstract in like I think '82 or '83, wow. one of the first copies of the the, the, the mass-produced version. Oh uh, man! And, uh, so I was really into all that stuff uh, uh, kind of early on. Of course, the, the stats weren't available as easily, but I subscribed to Sporting News and you know all the all the uh, the sports um, periodicals so that I could get as much data as I could. Mm, yeah so because there's two different ways to view the game there's like the casual way where you're not really getting into the stats but bill james was really an underground movement we had a whole episode where we did a deep dive into him and he had all the abstracts coming in and then just leading up into uh, the development of Statcast ultimately but so you caught on to him early on you knew that he was on to something with his emphasis there oh yeah i mean i was i was you know in my teens, but still that, that type of, type of data analytics, you know, I was kind of an analytic mind anyway, I was mm-hmm. into computers, you know, and things like that. And, um, uh, so, uh, just kind of looking at the game in a different way, or actually it was more just like all the, I wanted to know all the aspects because I really enjoyed the drama of the actual game, the players, the personalities, but, um, uh, you know, there's downtime too. So, <laughs> uh, and I, so I really just wanted to know all the aspects of it. 
Oh, yeah. That's fascinating. Uh, I mean, we're so spoiled now because, again, we have so much information, well more than probably we, we ever want to know. And baseball is so dissected, more so than any other sport. I mean, just even the defensive stats, uh, just the, oh, yeah, the yeah. development in that. And you can just download an you know, Excel spreadsheet and start doing your own calculations <laughs> and you know, combining stuff. And yeah. All, you know. You know, turning baseball into a science <laughs> yeah 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 it's it, it's uh it's really amazing how far the analytics have come and but just the data collection that they're doing now too with the uh uh you know the cameras and all that stuff and the 3d tracking of the players they just have an amazing amount of data launch angle exit velocity yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah with, with the hawkeye you know they actually have the 3d position of every player and you know where their arm their leg is on every you know 30 times a second or whatever, however frequently they, they, they measure that. Yeah. Do, do you think that the overemphasis on stats, you know, of course there was the Moneyball era and now it seems like most teams are have a stats guy at the bare minimum. Do you think there is an overemphasis on sabermetrics? Uh, you know, I think that, um, I, I mean, it's hard to say because I, I would imagine that in the, the back rooms of these teams, they're doing things that we probably don't even have any clue. I know that yeah. they're doing a lot of, of, uh, of uh, measuring of, of uh, the mechanical aspects of, of like the pitchers and then, you know, um, if they're uh, risking injury and things like that, you know, even the players, the, the position players, uh, you know, how often they need to take a day off to, to help with, with your injuries mm -hmm. or uh, things like that. But, but, um, I, I I don't think that it's too much. I mean, for, as far as I'm concerned, I think that, that if the information is there, they should use it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's obviously, you know, uh, removing the uh, the bias, the human bias of looking at a player, I think is actually uh, is probably a good thing overall. There you go. It's, it, it's more objectivity. But of course, you know, they are not... Uh, it's not foolproof, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, having read Moneyball myself, one of the main points that it makes is that it can only account for so much, and then there's the quirks. I mean, yeah, yeah. as we speak, pitchers are on the verge <laughs> of not being able to bat, but there's this, even if they bat 108, it means <laughs> one out of every 10 times they're going to connect. <laughs> you that's, that's right. So there's well, it's even like with the, uh, with the, you know, the pitchers in the third time through the rotation, um, uh, you know, uh, the, and during the, the World Series in 2020 with the Rays, um, and you know, pulling, um, oh, I forget his name. I'm sorry, but uh, it was on the version uh, of a no hitter, right? Right, right. But you know, they don't take an, uh, they, they don't measure everything, and there has to be mm -hmm. some sort of, uh, of, uh, well, either looking at the metric again and saying, do we need to look at our algorithm and say, you know, what was going on with this pitcher, and how can we add that so to say that. You know, he, he could maybe go a, th a third time through um, um, or just stick with it. But, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's I think it's it's part of the, the soup that, the, that, you know, the, uh, the manager has to to, to uh, look at. And um, but I think there has to be uh, to some degree, uh, you know, uh, a human assessment of what the situation is. Oh yeah, they did it just this past World Series with, with the Braves. They, t I, and I'm kicking myself for not remembering the pitcher, but that pitcher I think went five innings, no hit, and they pull him because yeah. 
it, he's about to face the batters for the third time, right. and they're right. like, you know, you know, yeah, we don't the care numbers about are his... there, but do the yeah. numbers. I mean, do do, do those uh, numbers take into account, you know, everything that's happened, you know, uh, like is he? Uh, uh, well, there's more that I think that that they could be added to the algorithm that allows them to to analyze that. No, oh, yes, you know, um, having diving deeper into baseball i'm reading i'm currently reading smart baseball by keith law and i guess yeah. one of the um the main points that makes is there's stats that are good for uh, illustrating past action right. and then there are stats that are better for predicting future action right, right. and you have to look at the totality of it so because you know in the past a guy can go uh, you know eight for 16 but in the short term future they can go on a 0 for 20. <laughs> that's right right no and um uh, but in general you know the analytics they're just they're removing um uh the human element from the analysis which is you know um uh, some people obviously think that that's making it more clinical and, and just too mm -hmm. cut and dry and and, and uh, but the reality is you know there are a lot of things that players and, and teams have done for decades that they thought was effective and the, the data shows that you know, they weren't effective, even things like a, a cork <laughs> bat, you know, people think a cork bat would work for you, but, you know, not that they have all analytics on cork bats, but, you know, the tests that people have done on cork bats show that it, it's really not that helpful. Uh, so Sammy Sosa, I mean, you know, <laughs> this is right. I mean, he, he tried. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, stealing, stealing second is a good example, you know, because uh, it used to be that, you know, if you got on base, you tried to steal second. Oh, yeah. everybody tried to do it and now it's 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 it's, uh, it's shown that you have to be you know pretty uh high uh, still uh, at a pretty high rate to make it effective yeah. oh yeah you're, you're seeing small ball become more and more of a thing of the past now now it's just like <laughs> hey let's uh, <laughs> yeah. you'd swing for the fences uh, <laughs> all or nothing <laughs> that's all right launch angle and, 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 and exit velocity are, are king right now yeah, um, it's just, uh, it, it is amazing. The same game that's been going on for over 100 years, dead ball era, live ball era, emphasis on stats. Um, Ricky Henderson, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, there are people who have better steal uh, success rates than him, but he just tried to steal so many times that he holds the record. And the dude was fast. I mean, he's a definite Hall of Famer for sure. But uh, it's just... It's all about risk assessment. That's right, right. Yeah. yeah today. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's fascinating that you view baseball in that in that context because it's definitely it is a way to view baseball, and it's definitely a way that you can find the game engaging because people, a lot of people think baseball is boring, but if they're analytically driven, they can view it through this lens potentially. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely one way to look at it, and uh, you know, and I always look at baseball as kind of like a serial drama where. You really have to follow a team, you know, uh, and you can't really just pick up in the middle of the season or watch one game of a team because you don't know the players, you don't know the characters, you don't know the story arcs like this, this, yeah. like this uh, veteran is, is struggling or uh, here's a rookie that just came up and, and um, you know, how's he going to do those type of things. You have to really follow along um, kind of like Game of Thrones, you know, you don't want to pick <laughs> up in the middle of a season, you got to watch them all. So, I know. Uh, and I think that's actually one of the nice things about it, but it also is a disadvantage because it makes the uh, the national attention or the national media, um, uh, uh, like spotlight. Football. Yeah, well, football. I'll watch any any game, 
if there's two good teams. But in baseball, you know, if I don't know the players, it's harder for me to connect with that that, that team. Because mm-hmm. uh, football and, and and basketball, I think, are more like action films. You know, you're really not too concerned about the characters and the plots and you know, the, the arcs <laughs> that are going through the season. Yeah. You're really just there for the action. Yeah, I mean, you could have you could have like a really bad team going up against one of like the top teams in the league, and that it becomes interesting based on what game it is because they like overall, like, again, yeah, they're probably they're a bad team. They're not all contending in their division, but I mean, yeah, it's like, like a few years ago, if King Felix was out on the mound for the Mariners, like I wanted to see like, like, uh, what, how, uh, how are these, uh, these hot bats normally from the opposing team? How are they going to face up against right. King Felix? Right. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. You know, and even players, they have their, 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 every player has their streaks, you know, and it just seems like it just, weird ebb and flow of of their productivity and and just watch following that through a season and then seeing that you know well he's been on a slump for the last few games can he and in this critical moment can he break out of the slump and get a big hit you know um but you don't really know that story unless you you watch you know uh, continually there you go if you if you hop on for the marathon the 162 game marathon (laughs) you get a whole lot out of it that's just right so. Yeah. yeah, so uh, growing up, uh, getting into the Astros in the 70s and, you know, obviously watching on TV, hearing it on the radio, I assume that led to you actually going to games at, at the Astrodome. Uh, what are some of the most memorable games you've ever seen live? Uh, you know, I'm not sure that I have any particular game. You know, I, I went to a lot of games in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. and the dome was just an experience in itself, just the, oh, yeah. the size and the scope and the scoreboard and, you know, somebody hit a home run with the, the animation and, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, uh, uh, it was quite an experience. It was really, you know, uh, visual and audio overload. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, and it was a good team at that, that time, you know, uh, they had Nolan Ryan and uh, Billy mm-hmm. Doran was coming up and, and uh, had Dickie Thon for a couple of years. Uh, um, uh, and uh, they uh, went to the NLCS in, in 1980 and then again in 86. So it was a good team to follow. You know, we yeah. had, we had potential uh, every oh, yeah. year. Um, and we had some really, you know, emotional <laughs> series too with the Phillies and, and then again with the Mets. Um, but uh but as far as any individual game, I you know I I I really don't remember any anything particular. It's been a long time, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, and I never really I wasn't able to go to to playoff games uh, because of you know finances at the time. So, uh, but um, uh, but just in general, I you know just the the, the, uh, the thrill of kind of going to the dome and and uh, having that experience was 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 pretty uh, pretty remarkable oh yeah well i mean i hope well tony I, I hope one day you're able to go to an epic game because i mean you know <laughs> if anyone deserves it it's you i mean you're the most honest astros fan out there and <laughs> i mean there's still there's still yeah. chance no no i think i'll probably this uh you know um if they make it this this to the playoff postseason, I'll definitely go to a postseason game this year there you go there's nothing like it i no, mean i don't know Oh yeah, it's it, it, it's jam packed over at the juice box. I yeah, yeah. Uh, I have been to one postseason game, and it was the game where Altuve hit the walk off homer off Chapman. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and so I guess that's your uh, your top. Uh, oh yeah, most memorable game. Huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll never ever beat that. And I, oh, I just don't know. 
I don't know how any game would beat that. Even if I went to a World Series game, a legitimate World Series game, and it was a normal game, it wasn't a walk-off, I still don't think it would beat that because that's one of the most top five best Astros games in, games in Astros history. Yeah. <laughs> but now I just got lucky there. and But yeah, but it sounds like even though not one particular game stands out going seeing baseball live uh it's just i mean you can listen to it on the radio the tv broadcast these days are pretty slick but it doesn't beat actually being there because you can see oh man the lead you know the shift you can see this the yeah. you can see the the pitchers warming up you just you feel in tune with the game uh, and then the dome i mean on your twitter profile <laughs> on the backdrop and even in your profile picture, you're paying homages to the dome. And I got to go for the last few years of its, yeah. you know, commission. So I was lucky in that respect. But ah, uh, yeah, that's just I love it, man. <laughs> no, no, and and, and it, it, you know, it was definitely a great experience. Uh, and the um, Minima is is a great part too for watching the game because you know, obviously, the dome is more of the old uh, 70s, 60s, 70s large circular you know concrete monstrosity of a uh, not, stadium it's not what i wouldn't call it intimate you know you're pretty far from the, <laughs> oh, from yeah. the action where uh, obviously minimate is one of the the, the more modern uh, smaller uh, closer to the action type of stadiums so that they yes. both have their their attractions mm-hmm. there you go you know union station that's uh, the, the hence the train over that's... at minimate but no yeah i mean it so you've you were you've lived in Houston your whole life. Yes. There you go. It's it's a good town to grow up in. I grew up in Houston. Uh, it's got traffic and it's got awful humidity, but <laughs> the city itself is beautiful. And I'm not just saying that because I blew up there. I mean, it's got a lot of culture, and part of that is the sports. And it right. seems like, you know, you've been a fan of the of the Astros for a long, long time, and a devoted fan, albeit at that, and. You know, that kind of leads into the reason why we and so many people, you know, throughout the country know you is because our Astros, you know, everybody hates us. Uh, You know, in 2019, an article came out from The Athletics saying that we uh, engaged in an illegal science dealing scandal. Uh, The fallout from it was immediate. Um, There were some obvious, you know, just videos showing that we obviously did it. But there was a lot of people that, you know, were just making unbased opinions. It it was really easy to crap on the Astros at the time. And, you know, you've said in past interviews that, you know, you, you didn't want to um, engage in this endeavor to create a website, to watch uh, all these games, all, all these hours of tell of, of the games, just to come to a conclusion you being a data guy, you just wanted the objective data. It seems like is that a kind of an accurate description? Uh, there? Yeah, obviously, you know, everybody remembers that right after it, it was it was um, uh, uh, it became a kind of a firestorm of of hating on the Astros and, and oh yeah, and uh, all sorts <laughs> of accusations and rumors and myths and and uh, a lot. Some of it was true, obviously. I mean, they yes. did they did cheat, and it was pretty obvious by by watching the videos you could hear the banging it was it was extremely clear <laughs> and oh, um yeah. but then we get into things like well they were whistling you know during mm-hmm. this game or that game and uh you know and somebody would put out a video with just six or seven whistles out of a five-hour game you know which doesn't really 
show anything because you can exactly you can cherry pick you know um, uh, <laughs> uh, pitches to show whatever you wanted to show. Um, so uh, so really, yeah, it was um, it was a tough time to be an Astros fan because oh yeah, obviously <laughs> you uh, you really couldn't defend the cheating, but. Yeah, there was also all this other stuff that wasn't true or didn't seem to be true. Yeah, um, that um, you found yourself having to defend them. So, um, and, and um, like I said, it was such a firestorm too, and there were so many uh, accusations flying around. I really wanted to do something that would would uh, be uh, based on what actually happened. I really wanted to know what actually happened and who was involved and when it when it happened. And uh, and uh, so um, that was kind of my my uh, uh, start with the logging the, the the bangs. Yep, you know you've said in the past that it was a way of you've said you know in in the past you know in other interviews that it was a way of processing your disappointment and in, and in the Washington Post call uh, article you even call it you it was heartbreaking. Um, you know, it was and it was especially heartbreaking for us because think about it. When the Astros won the World Series, Tony, our city was decimated was, from Hurricane Harvey. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Tony. I mean, were you personally affected by that? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I my house was flooded out, and I man uh, had to dislocate for and stayed with some f- friends of the family for for eighteen months, and Dang. eventually we had to tear down the house and, and rebuild, and lost my, my cars and, and uh, basically everything i owned including all my old baseball cards from when i was a kid oh no oh (laughs) so um uh so uh yeah and you know but a lot of houstonians went through the same thing it was oh yeah it's hard for people who weren't here to understand the uh how widespread um the the damage was and how many people were affected um but it was also a, a moment where houston did come together and it really um uh, made me love the city even even more, and obviously the the Astros were a big part of that recovery, yes. just emotionally, you know, because mm-hmm. we had these moments where, when there was a game on, um, we could kind of forget about all the uh, <laughs> the crap that we were going. Through. Exactly, yeah. it was really necessary, I think, to have that moment, those few moments that where we could, could kind of check out and and just kind of get lost in the game for a while. Uh, and obviously, they were playing extremely well, and. and um, um, uh, you, you know as well as I do that you don't before this uh, uh, phase of the Astros history you didn't really say that they were going to win the World Series but before the that season started I told my wife that I think they're going to win this year and, <laughs> you know that's a level of optimism that you just never had before with as an Astros fan because <laughs> it was what 50 years or or so with with uh, a lot of disappointment so um mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so you know that that win was huge. I think uh, even if it weren't for Harvey and all that Houston was going through, just the fact that we had not won for so long, and uh, um, it would would have been a, a huge win just for Astros fans. And, and uh, you know, even that night, I thought about all the Astros fans who didn't live to see that. You know, and know. you got to think about. You know, I know my aunt who had passed away, and my mom uh, was a big fan, and um, you know. Uh, so it was like, I felt lucky that I actually finally did get to see one. 
I know. And my family house that where I spent the second half of my childhood, you know, I wasn't living in Houston at the time, but my parents and sister, they were flooded out. They had to be evacuated because the yeah. house was taken on water. I mean, it, it affected so yeah. many people. Just the flooding was just, it was gargantuan in nature. And it, it, it seems like, man, being out of your house, losing your precious baseball cards, your car, your house. And so when they won, it was only a couple of weeks later. I mean, it's the Astros, the first ever World Series championship. We think we're on top of the world. We go into 2018 and 2019, and we yeah. all live in bliss. And Altuve right. hits the walk-off, and we go again. Yeah. And right. then it all comes crashing down. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think everything started to go wrong when that, that ball hit the foul pole, when Kendrick's ball. <laughs> <laughs> the world hasn't been right since then. No, no. It was an omen. That's right. I think we need to uh, find one of these uh, multiverses, you know, <laughs> where that didn't happen. And I know. <laughs> see if we can get over there. But, uh, yeah, you know, right after the night, uh, 2019, it was just a couple of weeks when the, the Athletic article came out. And obviously, uh, uh, the Astros have been accused of doing stuff before, and, and mm-hmm. there was really no evidence. And so, yes. you know, as a fan, you you defend your team and say, well, there's you, there's nothing there. Um, but uh, uh, this wasn't but a couple hours where before there were videos out showing very obviously that, that, that the bangings were synced sync with the, uh, the, the breaking pitches, and it was... Uh, you know, undeniable that they had cheated. So that was very disappointing. And obviously, um, uh, you know, uh, at the time it was uh, pretty upsetting and just um, uh, kind of really took the, the the luster off of, of that exciting moment. Yeah, you know, we can't have nice things. You know, <laughs> our, our one and only championship is just tainted in controversy. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the things people talk about, particularly Astros fans. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously we've learned a lot since then. A lot has happened since then. And, you know, uh, I don't feel quite as strongly as I did at the time about it because, okay. uh, um, uh, you know, not the, I don't have any – there's no real strong evidence that other teams are doing the same, but, but there's uh, even the athletic article talked about how this was a, a league wide issue that, and it wasn't just the Astros and the Astros was just an example, but it seems like the, all that's gotten forgotten or has been mm-hmm. forgotten since then that, and nobody's um, really looked into to what other teams were doing at the time. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it it's, um, I don't think any team was probably doing it as as as, as much as the Astros are. They definitely weren't banging on a trash can. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that there are other teams that were doing something pretty close to what they're doing. But, uh, um, uh, but obviously we don't have any clear evidence. So, uh, I know. Yeah, I mean it's just the Astros are just. I think they're the scapegoat. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, and frankly, it was it was just dumb to bang on a trash can. Uh, because it's it's it's, just, it's not conspicuous it's not i mean it, it's yeah. so detectable and i think that that's also one of the reasons that uh uh people have responded or, or responded the way they did is because of the visceral nature of you know <laughs> hearing that trash can bang every yeah, time you know exactly and it was so obvious you know when i was listening to the games it was it was almost laughable sometimes uh, <laughs> because yeah. it was just so loud and i, I, I was like how did nobody notice this you know uh uh, 
you know, and there were several times where the announcers would say something. And I remember once uh, during one of the games that they were talking about uh, Beltron and how he was so good at, uh, at, at picking up the pitches and how the, the batters almost it's almost like they knew what was coming, you know, <laughs> well, and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah listen yeah. to the banks. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, and uh, there were also moments, too, like they would be up six or seven runs in the eighth inning, and they're still banging on the trash can, which is just, just kind of odd, you know. Oh, um, but uh, as things like that were, were uh, uh, disappointing, I guess. Uh, but like I said, um, you know, uh, I guess time heals to a certain degree, but also yeah. we've learned a lot. And there's been other things, you know, like the spider tech stuff that uh-huh. exposes the game where cheating is yeah. is <laughs> part of the game. I mean, if, if, is, you, yeah. if you have a, a you know black and white uh, uh, opinion about cheating, you probably need to pick a different sport. If you just you know if it bothers you that much, and um, because it, it, it's more than any other sport. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I mean, like basketball. How do you cheat in basketball? <laughs> what exactly. Do you do? You know, yeah. uh, 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 football. I mean, they deflate a baseball, uh, football, but that's really not that big of an advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the same. I mean, maybe steroids and all that, but you know, um, it, it's that's a different aspect of it. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a game. It, baseball is a game where um, it's been going on forever. Even the shot heard around the world, they basically. Well, they did the exact same thing that the Astros are doing. They had somebody with a spyglass in center field who was actually had a buzzer that was going to the to the to the bullpen, and they were signaling the batter when they there hit that go. home run. It's one of the most famous home runs, and the manager knew about it, and he's in the Hall of Fame. And uh, so <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, you know, um, and w- when that came out, you know, ten years ago, it was you know, it was news, but it wasn't like a big scandal. So um, yeah. and and. Uh, so you know it, it's it's uh, it's it, it's still disappointing. I wish they hadn't done it. Obviously, they probably wish they hadn't done it either. Yeah. But I think that that um, as time has gone on and I've learned more, it, it's not as uh, uh, I think a unique situation that 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 um, warrants being um, it. Well, let's put it this way: the, the, the punishment and the outrage did not fit the crime. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, for our listeners, I'll just kind of briefly overview what uh, uh, our guest Tony has created. You know, you created a legitimate website, scientifyscandal.com, in which you analyzed fifty-eight games, uh, logged over eight thousand. Uh, over 8,200 pitches and you, you set out on a mission and very, and I will say successfully or uh, illustrated kind of the totality of it, you know, 58, uh, it gives, it's a pretty good sample size of the 81 home games that, that they have, but you can definitely uh, see a clear sorry. trend. 78, huh? Huh? 78 home games. They had three games in because of the, 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 the hurricane. They had three games uh... in, in Florida there uh, you go so well, in 58 games were all that were available on youtube yes um so um it's every game that was available and uh there you go so, and, I, and i wrote an application that allowed me to sync up the mlb data with the uh with the the video from from the games so that i could skip between pitches so i didn't have to watch the whole game i could just watch oh, yeah. a pitch and then jump to the next one and mark down if there was a bang or not and uh, jump mm-hmm. to the next one and also allowed me to go back and and uh particular pitches or particular players to review uh-huh. and listen to again. 
Yeah, and you've said in prior interviews that you at one point got it down to where it was 15 minutes per game. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I could um, uh, really zoom through. It was, it was. Uh, I, I don't think it could be any more efficient. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and I think that um, I get a lot of people that uh, call me smart, but I think I was actually a lot more clever than smart with this. You know, it was just, I looked at it as a, as a as an application problem to be solved, and uh, you know, uh, like how could I efficiently listen to that many pitches and um, and and actually keep track of what happened and be able to produce the data in, in a way that was presentable and and uh, usable for other people that, uh, for analysis. So um, I think I actually uh, when I look back at the website, it was, it, it's actually, <laughs> I'm actually impressed myself to certain use some, uh, when I look at it, because it, it's, 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 uh, uh, it, I, I achieved what I really wanted to, to achieve with it. Yep. You know, Tony, you should be very proud of yourself because, um, it is, it, it is, it is, it is objective. You know, there's no, I mean, you can't put an opinion on it. I mean, it, it yeah, illustrates yeah. the controversy of the time. Uh, and that's so- actually, that was very important to me at the time too, because, you mm-hmm. know, with all the, uh, uh, the vitriol going uh, against the Astros, I really wanted the data because I, I figured it would come out at some point and I wanted to make sure that it was presented uh, uh, fairly and honestly and without any sort of sensual, uh, sensationalism, uh, yeah. I didn't want anybody who was like an Astros hater to, <laughs> to use it and start, you know, cherry picking again, which, which data they showed. I wanted to put it all out there so that everybody could see it and, uh, and use it. And also I wanted to make sure that it was available for analysis by uh, data and, uh, analytics people. Exactly. Yeah. You you were taking information that was available at the time, which allowed you to process those games. And just in the aftermath of just analysis of an event like that, you it's it's the passing of the torch. And you you've said in prior interviews that you would you hoped that your site would be used by people to then even expound upon it even further, which leads me to my next question. Um, to this date. Has are you aware of anybody who has taken your data and has refined it even more? Uh, there, yes, uh, you know, several people have taken the data, and I made sure that the data that I produced was tied back to the MLB data, so that they could uh, look at the at bats and or the, each individual pitch. Uh, and several people have taken the the uh, the bang uh, data and uh, done analysis to see uh, how effective it was. Um, uh, and you know what sort of outcomes um, happened with 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 the data, and uh, there's been actually um, um, like six or seven uh, really in detailed analysis of it, and for the most part, they showed that um, it wasn't that big of an advantage, or at least not as what <laughs> most people think. You know, most people yeah. say that if you know what's coming, you can hit a home run each time. But yeah. the, the real <laughs> problem was is that the Astros didn't know what was coming each time because they were frequently yeah. wrong yeah and um so when you have the wrong pitch it's actually a huge disadvantage and oh, when yeah. you have the right pitch it, it's a slight advantage so yes um it 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 it, it uh it all kind of evened out but um but there were some situations where it obviously helped and oh um, yeah um but you also have to think about a, a, a batter you know if he gets a signal that a breaking ball is coming 
and he gets a fastball near his, his ear. <laughs> you know, it, basically they got the wrong signal. And, and um, the next time he gets the signal for a breaking ball, is he going to trust that? So <laughs> now he's got this this mental process in his head that's different than what he's been doing for the, all of his career. You know, he's been reacting to a pitch. Uh-huh. Now he's got this cognitive process that's kind of going on. And, and instead <laughs> of just kind of, you know, reacting. And um, there actually have been a few uh, sports psychologists who have said that I could have told you that this wouldn't have helped because it's not a, a you know, a, a cognitive process that most of these players have gone through. It's, it is more of a twitch, you know, reaction to, to what's coming. Um, but I think there were some players that actually, they were probably more of, of, of a cognitive process in their, in their hitting. Um, um, so it might have helped them more than others. Maybe. And, you know, on your website, you separate it player by player. And some people um, utilized it more than others. You have notable names uh, towards the top of the percentages, such as George Springer and and Bregman and Beltran, of course, who, um, you know, the, the investigation by MLB said was one of the, the, the instigators or the architects behind the the. the you know, the wrongdoing along with Alex Cora. Um, but they, I love Tony that you create an entire page for one man in particular. And that man is Jose Altuve. And what your analysis definitively shows and what is further expounded upon by quotes by Carlos Correa is that Jose Altuve did not participate in the scandal. And people have, have out of all the people who have gotten crap on the Astros. He has gotten the most. Right. Look at what happened last year in 2020. Oh, yeah. The FL 2 chance, uh, and despite that, he hits homers in their face, which I, deep down inside, I love. <laughs> no, it, it, that's true. And one of the disappointing parts of, of what I've done is that I hope that it would bring the, the discussion back to the facts, but you know, a lot of people looked at the facts that they wanted to use and ignored the ones that didn't fit their narrative. Uh, <laughs> including the fact that Altuve really didn't participate. Um, data in a uh, nutshell, you can make it say whatever you ultimately wanted it to say. That's right. So, um, and like I said, that was really one of the more disappointing things. That, um, uh, And it seems like even the national media really hasn't picked up on the fact that he really did not participate you know you would think that that would be a huge story that that uh, uh, a guy on track for the hall of fame while all his, his teammates are using the system you know he's he he isn't and um uh and it's it, like you said it's pretty clear cut cut that he did not use it there are some bangs that, that are logged but uh what's come out since then is that they would do that that on accident it was mm-hmm. a mistake they didn't know who was up and and I actually noticed that when I was logging the data that his the bangs that in his at bats were different than others. It was usually the first breaking ball in an at bat, and then there wouldn't be uh, any more bangs for the breaking balls in that at bat. And they actually testified to MLB under penalty of of losing their immunity yeah. that that when uh, they would they would on occasion uh, hit the trash can while he was up and he would get mad. And there's video evidence of him. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's a bang during his at bat, he's glaring at the dugout, like, stop it, you know. And um, so, uh, um, you know, that in my mind, that should be a huge story. That should be, you know, one of the, the narratives that, that the national media has picked up on because it, it, it is, 
Um, you know, he is, like I said, a, a, hopefully a future Hall of Famer, but it seems like that's um, another story that, that, that they haven't really wanted to follow. Yeah, um, he has just, his, his name, um, it, it's just been gross mischaracterization. And it's been really upsetting to see because Al, Altuve, I, I, I got his autograph on time. And, you know, we were t- talked with him very briefly while he signed it. And even besides that, I mean, he's just objectively one of the nicest men in right. baseball. And right. uh, it's just people, like you said, and, uh, social media exasperates it. They right. work backwards from their conclusion. They ignore facts that go against their narrative and it has been truly upsetting and i just i i really don't know how long the, the mischaracterization of him in particular will last because right. he is the poster child when i mean you can easily i mean and they boo bregman and they booed correa too and but it's just it's an interesting social science i can't wait for the men mars to come out i don't know how long it'll take uh, but hopefully they will and well they, you know even with altuve you know he did the uh, the the apologies with the the staged apologies with the, yes which really pretty pretty bad yeah but he yep. wasn't when you, if you listen to what he was saying he was apologizing for the team he never said you know i'm sorry that for what i did yeah and, um, and it you know it would have been very easy for him to say you know i didn't do it it wasn't me you know listen look at the data and and yeah. uh um you know uh try to clear his name but he he and he was actually asked about my data in an interview after that wow. that, that press conference and he said listen I, I know what you're saying i know what you're talking about but you know we all did this as a team this is a team thing and i always yeah. talk about the team i don't want to you know separate myself or anything you know so we did this and we are sorry and, and we have to take you know uh whatever repercussions are coming so you know you got to think um how many other major league players would want a guy like that as a teammate? I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's, seriously, like, yeah. that's, a, that's an all time great teammate right there. You know, yeah. who is taking all the crap and taking all the heat uh, and not trying to deflect it, you know, to anybody else or you're trying to, to say, you know, um, I'm innocent. He just, um, it, it, that's the leading by example, you know, and I think that that's uh, totally admirable and, uh, and the people that are hating on him, I wish they could just kind of, you know, look at that aspect of what he's doing and what's happening with him. Yeah, it's, it, it just makes the mischaracterization that much more upsetting. And it's just because Jose Altuve, he probably knew, knows it's against the rules. But, I mean, right. you're you're not going to backtalk a veteran in Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora. I mean, Altuve is very, you know, shy. You know, and I'm not saying he's shy, but he's not very vocal uh, to begin with. And right. so, I mean, these are veterans and bench right. coaches that are right. orchestrating this. And he's just like, I'm going to do my thing. He had a right. very impressive batting average. The team itself had a crazy good road record right. when they were not – so they were an objectively good team, which makes the, the, the it makes it that much more upsetting. <laughs> that well, they actually didn't start banging on the trash can when they when they started banging on the trash can. They were eight games up in the division. I mean, it was it yeah. Was, <laughs> it makes no sense why they even started. Um, they didn't need it. Um, no. Uh, but um, uh, and, and on Altuve, uh, you know, uh, he is a quiet guy and uh, he is a, a leader by example. Um, uh, which is one of the reasons they brought in um, Beltron, you know, to be a, a, a more vocal um, clubhouse leader. 
So, um, which is one of the more tragic things about the whole situation is that, <laughs> you know, he was brought in to kind of lead this young team, but he basically misled them. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a lot of these players, most of the players in the Astros, they were young. They didn't know what was going on. Some of them were, you know, uh, first few years. And, and if a veteran says all these other teams are doing it, you know, we need to do it. Uh, like you said, who, who are they to say? Uh, it's the same thing when people people say well all the pitchers are using sticky stuff well that's what the astros are told that all the other batters are doing this stuff so why do the pitchers get in the uh uh uh, free pass you know for using sticky stuff because everyone else is using it when that's exactly what the astros thought so yeah i mean you know you want your team to do well you want to do better for your livelihood so that way you can get better deals in the future and it's it is unfair and really and speaking of you know unfair and it's like oh other teams doing it the the whole reason it, 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 even the whole reason for the article, the whole reason why we know it in the first place is because Mike Fires blew the whistle. If he didn't have done that, there were still MLB players who were speculating, but there's a lot of culture of silence within the yeah. major leagues. Yeah. And it's amazing how they were, even though they clearly knew what was going on, right. they didn't know right. opposing <laughs> players right. came out about no, it. And, and people say, well, why did Dantuve stop it? And, Give an example of any major league player in history that has seen a teammate cheat, which a lot, almost everyone has seen their teammates cheating. Yes. Which one has ever stopped them? <laughs> it's never <laughs> happened in the history of baseball. Exactly. That a teammate has stopped another teammate from cheating. Oh, it yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't happen. It, you know, it, it's all part it of the that, code. Yeah, it is that clubhouse code. And um, uh, in what stays in the, what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse is, is the, the unwritten rule. And uh, even Farquaad, the, the Chicago White Sox pitcher, who did figure out what was going on during a game and stepped off and told his, 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 his catcher that, you know, they got the signs. And um, that's when the Astros actually stopped banging on the trash can. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't – he said he, at, uh, after the game he was waiting in the clubhouse for a reporter to come up, but nobody did. He, if they asked him, he would have said something, but he wasn't going to say anything – you know, go to a reporter and say something. Uh, if he had, I wish he actually wish he had because it would have stopped right there and we yeah. wouldn't have known about it and it would have been not, not as big of a deal as it, as it was. But, uh, you know, so even the, the opposing, like you're saying, the opposing uh, team's pitcher knew what was going on, but he didn't say anything until, you know, two years later when he was asked. Oh, yeah. And that's when they all have their hot takes. And <laughs> yes, yes, yes. one of the hot takes is that people, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to blame the voters for it, but they're going to say that Jose Altuve himself stole the MVP from Aaron Judge. Uh, Cody Bellinger, I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, he's just They love to be on their high horses. And Jose Altuve did win the, the most valuable player. He had a very impressive batting average, over 340 that season. Um, but, you know, do you, I mean, you look at Aaron Judge and he had, you know, a lot better stats in, 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 in that regard. Um, and, uh, but he had, uh, I actually looked at the other day, he had uh, a stretch of uh, 40, it was 40% of the season where he, bat, he hit a 202. And uh, judge, like yeah, judge. So you're wow. really not going to, and that was going into September. You know, he had a really hot end of September to kind of pull it out. But um, uh, uh, you know, I think at that point, a lot of voters' minds, uh, if you go back and look at a lot of the articles, uh, they, they were all talking about how it was a, 
a monumental slump that he would go through in the second half of the season. And I think a lot of voters that, that uh, had already made up their mind at that point that that uh, it was uh, Altuve's MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so he was definitely more consistent. I mean, I mean, at the end of the you know at the end of the day, Judge had more homers, better OPS, wins above replacement, and a lot of other respects. But I guess what you're you know illustrating is that you had a, it was a late surge, whereas Altuve it was his best season of his career, and he right. was, and there is value in consistency. There, I mean, being able to say that I'm here for every game instead of you know I'm. Um, awesome for six hundred games, but you know, mediocre for 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 sixty games. You know, uh, it it I, I think a team would rather have consistency than you know wide uh, swaths of, of ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It, it it didn't help him in the postseason. You know, because to win the World Series that that year, the Astros had to go through three of the most famous franchises of baseball history: the Yankees the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, it made it that much more epic, but of course, I mean, it, it is still tainted. Um, do you view the Astros one and only world series championship as legitimate? You know, um, I've actually tried very hard to find any evidence of them banging the trash can in the postseason, And, um, uh, and, the first series with Boston, uh, the audio was actually very clear, and I cannot find any. Mm. I can't hear any bangs uh, during, wow. the, during the, the Boston series. Uh, one of the issues with a, an audible signal is that uh, you have to hear it, and yeah. if the crowd gets loud, it's harder to hear. Yeah. And uh, for the uh, ALCS with with the Yankees, the crowd is really really loud. And yeah. the audio is is um, uh, it's a lot different than the regular season. I I don't know if they because of the the crowd noise they had to to, to cut off the uh, uh, like the bass the, the lower end of the audio. But I can't determine if there was any banging. Uh, it's definitely not as obvious as it was in the regular season. And it's the same with the World Series. It's even worse. The crowd yeah, is yeah. is crazy loud. And and um, well, you were there in, uh, for a. 2019 ALCS, yeah. And you know that with the roof closed, Minute Maid Park, it, it's like an echo chamber. Oh, the crowd yeah. is going nuts. People are whistling and, you know, making all sorts of noise, and it just reverberates all around that that stadium. Mm-hmm. And even the, the uh, announcers during the 2017 World Series were talking about uh, the noise and how it's the loudest oh, they've ever heard a stadium. Yeah. So if you can't hear the bang, you know, uh, it, it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. If, if, if you think you hear it or you you didn't hear it um the system breaks down and it's in Corey actually talked about that and uh in his interview where he talked about Altuve that you know they they tried it in the postseason which I he says they did try it and um, um but it wasn't effective so they stopped mm-hmm. which is um makes total sense you know um so uh I don't have any evidence that they did they did use it or that it, if they did use it, if, if it was effective. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I still believe that um, it, it, it's uh, uh, probably, you know, they, it was probably a fair world series, um, yeah. but you know, um, even if it's hard to say, even if you, they did use it, was that enough to change the outcome? It, it's just, it's impossible to say. 
It is, you know, we ultimately will never know. Um, I mean, they were exceptionally talented and the right Right. people at the right time. Um, but it is going to be hard and I'm sure opinions will change over time, but, and even in your analysis, there were games where there were a lot of bangs and they blew out teams. Conversely, there were games where there were a lot of bangs and they still lost. (laughs) and on the flip side there were gains where there were few bangs and they won and few gain bangs where they lost so it's just it's it wasn't 100 percent foolproof it was flawed and yet people come to their conclusions and and you know uh, as teams got more suspicious they changed their signals more frequently and Mm -hmm. uh, made it more difficult which is one of the reasons the astros say they stopped early (laughs) in the middle of 2018 is and there's been uh, analysis of of the pace of play on the Astros games versus the rest of the, the, the league and opposing pitchers were taking longer because of the, the changing of the signs uh, or changing their signs more frequently with the Astros than they were with other teams. And so, you know, the more they change the signs, the less uh, accurate they are and, and the less effective it is. And, and finally they said, it, it's just, just not worth it, which uh, like I said, mm-hmm. it all makes sense. And if you look all the data that I provided and some other people have provided all, um, kind of uh, lines up uh, so that it, it's, it seems pretty obvious that uh, 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 although it was effective in, 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 um, in particular moments uh, uh, in aggregate, it, it wasn't nearly as effective as most people think. Exactly. You know, and, um, but here we are, you know, we're living with the consequences. And of course, <laughs> uh, when you publish the website, Tony, uh, how quickly did it take for, you to for it to start blowing up calls coming in interview requests <laughs> it was immediate you know i expected wow. some response uh you know i told my wife that i might have a few interviews or something like that you know and and, uh, and i thought actually i was expecting some negative response from astros fans i even told my wife to you know, don't <laughs> open any packages that you don't weren't expecting not because it would be you know a bomb or anything but just a prank or something yeah you know um uh, uh but you know immediately it really took off and then i started getting calls uh, uh for interviews wow. um, you know within 20 minutes so it was uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. yeah yeah it was really uh and i'm not a really uh, uh public person i kind of <laughs> like to, to do things <laughs> in the shadows or you know kind of be off on the side and and interviews are not my 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 forte and uh and actually i was a little surprised too because when i was really trying to keep it focused on the data and then you know people wanted to know more about me because i was a fan and then you know they found out about my experience with harvey and how that was i think they found that symbolic of houston in general and so it became more about me than i really mm-hmm. wanted it to be I really was, <laughs> if i had to do it all over again i'd probably do it anonymously to be honest with you oh man there <laughs> you, know, you go just work with the with an with the with the with the reporter or something and, and get the data out there. But uh, uh, it, it really was uh, kind of a, uh, an explosion of attention and, uh, uh, um, you know, made me uh, more of a celebrity than I was really <laughs> ready for. Yeah, yeah Tony, as your, uh, as your resident SEO guy here, when I, uh, when I go to Google uh, and search Astro's sign stealing scandal, you are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh result, seventh organic result there. And it's like all organic results. And then like the people also ask box, but you're right there in position number seven on the first page. So yeah. people can see you there. And then 
for just asterisk sign stealing right now i'm seeing you on page two just like result number 12 or 13 yeah. so <laughs> you're right there at the time it was it was it was one and, and i probably there's a few things i could do to, to fix that but <laughs> uh at some point i was just like i'm done with the website i, I just can't do it anymore <laughs> yeah well i mean tony your work speaks for itself and you know it, it is very admirable um everything that you did and when i found that you know i found it immensely satisfying because you know, you're a fan of the Astros. I'm a fan of the Astros. We we support we support our team. We have our history rooting for the team for many many years. But and 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 this is how I feel. And I want to see if you you know. And I suspect you feel the same. But above my fandom of the Astros, what I value more than that is the truth. Even oh, yes. when that truth is inconvenient for a team that I call my own and because and that's the way it has to be because if you work backwards from your conclusion and say the Astros are the best team ever and any you know criticism of them is illegitimate and overblown then you're not going to get to a good place there are Astros fans like that out there and they don't care and they're just like screw you it's it wasn't a big deal well, and well but, fan is short for fanatic so <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you know and I think that that that, that um um, most fan bases would have responded pretty similarly. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, it uh, but it really was about getting to the truth. You know, uh, mm -hmm. when I first decided to do this, I texted my brother and my nephew and my brother asked me, you know, are you looking to exonerate the Astros or what are you looking for? And I just, I want to know the truth and I want it to be done. I want it to be presented by an Astros fan. I think that it needs to be presented. Yes honestly and openly and without like i said earlier without the sensationalism that was going on at the time and um uh, uh and he actually sent me a message saying uh, uh be careful taylor you may not like what you find which is a, a line from the planet of the apes where charlie <laughs> Heston was about to go down the beach at the end and the the, the uh, yeah the, the orangutan ape uh, said that and um <laughs> so actually i did a quick uh, photoshop of uh, the beach scene with place the Statue of Liberty with an Astros bobblehead and send it uh, back to it. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it really was, like I said, it was about uh, the truth. And, and the reality is, is that I think finding out the truth is, has been better for the Astros. And if they had just done uh, 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 like a press conference at the beginning and, and basically came out with everything and MLB too, they, they, everything seems to be so secretive with them. You know, um, yeah. it's just better to get it all out there immediately or as quick as you can get it and let people just deal with it. But, uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. And we're still dealing with it. I mean, we had the pandemic season, so the hate, it was, it, it, it you know, it was reeled back in, it was suppressed, but then in 2021, they let them have it and they let them have it from start to finish. It was a little bit diminished towards the end. I did notice regular season games, but man, there were iconic series against a diminished crowd at Yankee stadium. That crowd was like 25% occupied. But when I watched those three games, it was as if if it was a hundred i mean it was deafening <laughs> the hate that oh, they got no it, it was um uh you know it seems like uh for the last couple of years hating the astros is the national pastime not baseball <laughs> exactly you know, people would rather hate the astros than than uh yeah than be a fan of their team i mean you can see it in their twitter profiles and you know <laughs> it, it, it's, it's become a whole personality type 
Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely it is. And, uh, you know, and, you know, initially I tried to be reasonable with, with, with these people, but then you know, some people were reasonable. But, you know, at some point, you know, uh, you just get tired of fighting the same fight again and uh, yep. people just believe in what they want to believe. Uh, eat like the buzzer bullcrap theory. You know, exactly. That, that is, it's obviously false, but, you know, people still want to believe. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that basically they want to believe it. So they, it is true for them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, 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 so um, it, it just, you know, more and more I kind of got into the, you know, whatever type of attitude, if, if that's what you want to believe, I can't, and there's nothing more I can do. <laughs> I've done exactly. everything I can. There you and, go. Uh, and I've actually do, done some stuff, you know, with Apollo Houston. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they're, they're I sure am. I grew up in Houston. I did the Funk Altuve t-shirt. I don't know if you're... <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I designed that shirt. That's amazing. <laughs> As a response to the, the F Altuve, so that, you know, we could, instead of what they were saying, we could say they were saying the Funk Altuve. Funk Altuve. Um, it was kind of a concert t-shirt with Funk Altuve on the front and all his greatest hits on the back. There you go. Uh, th- that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are awesome, by the way. And it's oh, cool. Yeah. It's cool that yeah. you collaborated with them on that. So it's just we got to keep telling the truth, Tony, because it's up to us Astros fans because we're the ones who, uh, you know, we we're gonna look at the data and we we've got to be Altuve apologists till the day we die. <laughs> that guy oh is- yeah, you know, and I think it's it slowly. I, at some point, I realized that it's a long game with him. You know uh, that. Um, uh, you're not going to change the current mindset, you know, or what people believe, but uh, the the smart people and the people that that are influencers, the the, the writers, the the journalists, eventually they're all, not all, but but they're they're coming around. And and as you see the the, uh, the stories come out more recently, talk about just Altuve in general, um, I think that they're, they are kind of showing that that they understand that he didn't participate. Yes. But it was really good that he had a good season last year after the the, the, mm-hmm. the shortened season, you know, where he had a slump. Yeah. Um, uh, because I think that that would have really fed into that narrative that you mm-hmm. know he was only good because of the cheating. But uh, we, we even if it, he had participated, it was only for half a season, and uh, he's been good for a lot more than more seasons than that so oh uh, uh, yeah he sure uh, but i think that eventually the um uh the tide will turn with them and and um, um people will, will realize the truth and and i also do hope that you know 15 20 years whatever when everyone's retired and um people will start to tell the, the, the true story of what happened that's your story. What happened exactly? But um, yeah, for the 2022 season, uh, you know, do you think that they're still going to get the same level of hate uh, this season, or do you think it'll be slightly diminished? Uh, you know, I think that um, there's certain fan bases that will <laughs> the Dodgers and Yankees will never yep. give it up, they'll but also never. they'll be going to new towns. Um, you know, towns they haven't been to yet, and I think it's it's you know. Uh, those fans first opportunity to to dress up as uh, the grouch. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yep. think do and they that, do the Astros play in Philly this year? Because I know I feel like Philly is one of the. I know looking at the Rangers schedule. I'm a Rangers fan, by the way. I'm up here oh, in Dallas. But so. Philly fans throw stuff anyway. They don't. Yeah, like yeah. No, I went to see <laughs> last summer. I, last summer I went to New York City for my cousin's wedding and got to see the uh, the Phillies play. Uh, 
against the uh, the Yankees there up at Yankee Stadium. Yankees fans were actually very tame. No, it's the Philly ones that were like the loudest people, most flamboyant to the bunch there for sure. Oh yeah, uh, um, uh, well Philly fans just in general, they're they're just uh, they're insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, Philadelphia uh, sports see. fans are just like on another level completely. <laughs> It looks like they're they're supposed to be in Philly the first. Uh, well, that's a home game. They yeah, will be in Philly later in the season, I think. Yeah, because the Rangers we get the we get the Phillies on the road in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule too. I'm not I'm not seeing them playing Phil the Phillies in Philadelphia. Uh, no, this, it looks like uh, it's just a home series. Yes, it is but, just. But a they'll home probably series. travel if, if if that happens, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like the Yankees did. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they 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 do have a four game series in New York in June. So, and yeah, and just like you said, it's going to be the Yankees and the Dodgers who are going to keep up with it the most. And it's probably regardless of what teams these players actually play for. When Altuve eventually leaves, when Bregman eventually leaves, I just I really hope that, and especially for Altuve, that this doesn't taint his overall Hall of Fame chances. I think that uh, by that time, I think that um, there might be, you know, a few baseball writers who have uh, a grudge, but there are just cranky baseball writers out there that, that hold grudges or are, 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 you know, <laughs> aren't very reasonable people anyway. Uh, I think that uh, uh, by that time, hopefully, you know, people have come around and, uh, if I'm around, I will definitely be singing his praises and, and making mm-hmm. sure that, that, that people are, are uh, know what what happened. And um, exactly. Uh, and I, if I'm not around, I I have sworn that I will haunt anybody that votes against me because of the scandal. <laughs> so my yes. ghost will be a will be a uh, yeah. will be haunting all the baseball writers who hold it against him. So um, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I think that by that point, you know, uh, hopefully people have. Uh, wised up and, and realized that 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 uh, his career isn't defined by uh, things that he didn't do for half a season. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Well, time will tell. Um, but yeah, in order to have a 2022 season, we first got to get through this lockout. And <laughs> it, uh, you know, we wanted to get your some thoughts on just kind of uh, some current MLB trending topics, uh, uh, Tony. And the you know the elephant in the room is the MLB lockout. Uh, we're recording this episode on February the 15th, and it seems like there's no end in sight. Tony, what are your predictions for how this these negotiations will ultimately pan out uh you know i think that uh, the owners would have to be really stupid to lose a, a significant portion of games uh, but <laughs> the owners have shown in the past that they're really stupid <laughs> <laughs> so i wouldn't overestimate their intelligence i mean I, I don't think you can underestimate it uh obviously the fact that there's a lockout at all is uh uh, is silly uh, uh it wasn't really necessary and it just um uh you know i think at some point baseball has to get back to being more fun you know <laughs> get away from the scandals get away from the the labor strife and and the, the stories about you know uh, minor leaguers in poverty and mm-hmm. um you know get all this stuff fixed and so that we can just really just enjoy the game i mean it, it, it it's yeah. it's become uh the balance between uh the bull crap that we have to to uh to deal with and then the uh the off the field news uh and what's 
the product on the field, which I think is actually very, very good. They have a lot of, of great young stars coming oh, yeah. up that are very personable and, and would really, you know, take baseball to another level if they would just let them, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Tatis and, and Vlad and, and, um, Soto and, and Acuna, uh, um, uh, there's just so many good young stars right now, um, and very personable. And, um, uh, uh, but it seems like the owners just can't get out of their own way, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. You were going to say Trav? Yeah. I was going to say, you know, this little bar here at the bottom of my computer, that's not the, that that's decreasing, uh, as time goes on. That's not the battery meter for my laptop. That's the young, millennial and younger fan of major league baseball losing interest every single day as this thing drags on and major league baseball just finds another scandal and uh another situation for an old man to yell at the cloud <laughs> kind yeah, of thing yeah. i mean you know like with bat flips is a good example you know first couple of bat flips i was like that's just not the game i mean you shouldn't do that but then i mean who cares it's no big deal <laughs> Yeah. Just let these players, you know, have personality and express themselves. It's it's fine, and um, uh, you know, obviously there's 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 limits and there's lines, but uh, uh, you know, uh, in general, just uh, let these young guys do what they do, and and um, uh, a lot of, of cranky old men again. <laughs> you know, baseball is weird. You know, you don't have to follow the written rules, but you do have to follow the unwritten ones. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> and, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. So Not at all, man. It's just there's so many barriers to it, and they're self-imposed barriers, Tony. I mean, baseball is doing it to itself. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they got to just go crazy, you know. Yeah, in some ways, they're doing a lot of good stuff. They're, they're opening yeah. up with the social media. They're allowing uh, mm -hmm. people like – that guy up in New York to do videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He must have uh, breakdowns and, and stuff like that. And, you know, now I've done some myself, uh, uh, you know, done some replay overlays and stuff in real time uh, with during games. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think things like that are helping the game yes. uh, uh, be more popular. Uh, and it's free marketing. People are doing this stuff. People want to promote this, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the game uh, oh, yeah. Apollo Mini, the, the group that I'm involved with, they were planning to go to spring training and have, you know, streams and, yeah. and promotions there, but now they can't. Um, <laughs> and all that pr free promotion that they were going to pay, you know, Apollo Mini was going to pay for is gone for MLB. And so, like yeah. I said, it, 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 it's, uh, uh, it, it just, they, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, um, uh, but the, I think that they need to, um, really the owners i think need to really just uh get out of the way <laughs> get just, out of the way if they don't if they don't um want to promote the game or if they don't you know want to um uh let these players just you know pr uh expand the game then then um, I, I mean i just it's just it will start to, to, to decline even more yeah you know it 
all teams in Major League Baseball are profitable, even the ones towards the bottom. They don't have, I, I really, until it actually starts hurting them and their their profitability, I think, you know, money talks and the bottom line talks. I mean, then they might be like, all right, now we have a deal. But sometimes, but for some of these owners, they're not necessarily passionate baseball fans. They just view owning a baseball team as, you know, a lucrative investment, despite what Rob Manfred says. It is lucrative. It is better yeah. than the stock market. And there's a psychology <laughs> I think with 30 owners, you know, you got to think that they were successful or most of them were successful in business or, you know, uh, some other endeavor. Uh, some of them obviously were, were legacy gifted exactly. inheritance uh, uh, owners, but uh, uh, even them, they, they were probably never had to, uh, they weren't really, I think, fans to begin with, you know? And so you got 30 of uh, individuals who are trying to basically, uh, lead the uh, groups and it, it, it's just a a weird uh, horse by committee type of situation <laughs> where you know they just can't agree on anything in particular and, and there's nobody that's really carrying the torch for for baseball you know yeah uh, I, and, I saw a great tweet the other day i don't remember who it was from it was the, some like based on your likes you may like this sports writer was uh or i think somebody that responded to a sports writer that i found on my feed about like hey what what's ultimately going on here like somebody asked like does the does Rob Manfred even really like baseball? And like it, they, I think there's a legitimate case to be made that no, he doesn't. Rob Manfred is like his only investment in the game essentially is acting as like a sort of lawyer for yeah. the owners. Like there's like he is fighting ultimately for their interests. I mean, he has hired pretty yeah, like all commissioners are hired to ultimately report to the owners and any sort of adjacent stakeholders. Like within the NFL, you've got Roger Goodell. He reports to the owners and ultimately their advertisers that they're associated with. And this, uh, in this thing, it's the, it's the owners, it's the, the media rights here of these, uh, these different media groups, you know, that hold the, um, the hold the broadcasting rights here in this just ridiculous manner that completely pushes fans and parts of the country out of being able to see their, their team play and just, Right. Yeah, they, Rob Manfred reports to Major League Baseball owners and their interests. Okay. He has really no stake in anything otherwise, and no incentive otherwise to do anything other than that. So, yeah, like a, the 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 on field baseball product is like secondary, if not tertiary and beyond, kind of matter for Rob. Yeah, Manfred yeah, right and um, you know, and what you're talking about with the broadcast, if they would allow all. And it, there is issues, obviously, with the regional sports contracts that each team has, but. Uh, you know, if, like basketball, people have their fans of a player, and they'll follow that player wherever he goes, and they could watch that player on any in, in any game. And but they can't do that with baseball. You know, they, they if they're a fan of Tatis, well, they can't always see the the, the Padres play. And and um, uh, and I think that the owners, for whatever reason, they still wanted the team to be the. Um, the, the focal point when um, it really needs to be more on the players at this point, you know, if you want to really expand the game and get people really uh, invested in it. Yep. And uh, you know, it, 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 because fans, it, it's been passed down for generations. The, the the common story is it gets passed down from father to son or from mother to child, and that can only happen so much where it's instilled that you have the parental influence. Uh, eventually, there's got to be enough organic fans who yeah. stumble upon yeah. it to, to right. carry on the legacy. Right. So, and, and I think you know it, it. It it 
baseball, just a, a, like the little league level, it's more difficult. I think uh, as time goes on, for uh, um, for people to, to play the game, and uh, you know, like that was my intro into the game was playing, and uh, uh, but I think you need to get the fans that, that didn't start playing and get those those people involved and invested in it, and I think that's through allowing the players personality to come out and then allowing them to be marketed and, and um, get people excited about um, this new young generation. Yep. Because the young people are only getting younger. <laughs> but if they're not playing, it doesn't matter. I mean, they can be as personal. There you go. I mean, they could be, <laughs> you know, uh, um, uh, they got to get on the field and play. Um, it doesn't, nothing else matters. Uh, yeah, it's a multifaceted question, and you know, it, there's always going to be that struggle. Uh, per these law, per the one of the most recent press conferences that happened a few days ago, it, pitchers aren't going to be obligated to bat anymore, and that's going to upset a lot of people, Tony. But you, you know what? It else it's going to do. It's going to lead to more action. <laughs> more, more action. Yep. Uh, you know, I was a, a, a non-DH purist. You know, because Astros were in the National League, and when mm-hmm. we were moving to like this is an abomination and but after i don't know how you feel but after watching it for a while um and seeing other pitchers try to to hit when we go to a national league uh, city uh <laughs> pitchers are terrible hitters these days <laughs> yes it's really really bad they oh, can't yeah. even bunt you know which is what pitchers you know really need to be able to do um <laughs> and it really is just a bad aspect of the game in my opinion it, it just really just it's an out and yeah. uh uh, it, it should be, uh, um, I, I, don't, I won't miss the, the pitcher sitting. I'm, I'm all for the, 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 the universal DH at this point. Yeah. It, last year, pitchers hit, National League pitchers hit for a whopping 108 batting average and struck out over 50% of the time. Yeah. So. And, and um, you know, and, and that causes more pitcher changes, which slows the game down even more. And, and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 there's so many aspects to it, and um, it, it, it's just not a good part of the game. Um, uh, I mean, obviously the strategy is there if you have to take mm-hmm. a pitcher out, you know, for for a pinch hitter and all that. But um, I I don't want my pitcher taken out because he can't, you know, hit a curveball from uh, the Grom or something. You know? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, the pitchers these days they're they're throwing nasty stuff and expect. Yep. Uh, some guy that doesn't do it every day to, to even have a chance. It's, 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 uh, it's ridiculous. And, you know, we always get these videos of some pitcher that hit a home run 19 years ago or whatever. And you know, won't you miss that? And I'm like, no, I won't miss that. <laughs> yeah. It's called, it's called Yordan Alvarez. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I would rather have somebody like Yordan up there and, uh, crushing it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, um, um, so, you know, it's, again, it's one of those aspects of the game that, that I think we're just going to have to let be part of the past. <laughs> oh, yeah. People were up in arms when MLB adopted instant replay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> baseball is slow to change. And baseball being slow to change, it, you know, in a lot of respects, it's it's good in a lot of respects. But, in a lot, but we are living, Tony, in an era where the young people they're more open to change and they're and more importantly they're more open to quick change and it's and it goes back to what we were talking about we have facts we have information we have handheld computers that we carry around and we have instant we we are so 
so instant gratification minded. So if we see something that needs to be changed, extending the protected nanny to the foul poles, instant replay, universal yeah. DHs, we're like, hey, this is the change that needs to be happened. Why doesn't it happen? And it's so it, it's just you have that conflicting. And so and it's coming to a head, Tony, where it's like yeah. we want change and baseball is by definition slow to change and so then that's when it's going to be like uh, what is this definitely more than the other sports it, it is a, a a sport of tradition and yes. um and to some degree you do have to respect the traditions but you know um uh you also do need to to look at a, a practical change and 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 um where things can be improved um uh you know and the reality is that they they've been changing you know with the wild card and things like that you know yeah. uh, or even just even a you know having an alcs or nlcs you know it used to be you had two divisions basically or two leagues and you won the pennant and um uh, uh, so it it uh uh it uh i th- i think that 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 you're right that it does need to change and, and probably be quicker with change but uh, but always keeping an eye on the fact that it is a a, a sport that, that honors its traditions. Yep, you know, change isn't a bad thing, but change for change's sake is uh, is not a good thing either. So right. It, right. It, it has to be calculated change. But well, and there's always unintended consequences. Not always, but there's frequently unintended consequences with change. And and uh, and being conservative, you know, with a game like baseball is. is to a certain degree is, is okay. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, like you said, there are certain things that, that I think do need to change a lot quicker. It's like with the, the, the netting, like you were talking about people were complaining about that. And I'm like, come on, what's the big deal? It's just the net going down the foul line. Yeah. You know, your it's, eyes it's, adjust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no big deal. You don't even notice it, but, uh, exactly people got to look for things to complain about these days so. <laughs> oh yeah that is that that is what social media is all about yeah, yeah. you know unfortunately yeah. but but yeah um you know as we wrap things up tony we kind of want to look into this season um uh, the 2022 season we we you know the MLB lockout it's it's frustrating <laughs> by the time this episode comes out it might be lifted but at least for now february 15th it's still in effect with no end in sight but uh, there, uh, there's going to be a bare minimum. You know, there probably will at least be some season. Yeah. It might not be 162, it might be 154, or you know, God forbid, <laughs> less than that. But yeah, hopefully when, more than 60. <laughs> it man, if it, it, there, there's no excuse this time around. When COVID broke out. Yeah, that was understandable. But now, uh, it's just the more I think about it, the more frustration for me. But when the season eventually happens, what? are your predictions for who will make the postseason and who will ultimately win it all? Uh, well, uh, I think the Astros still have a really good chance. And with baseball, you know, it's all about, um, like, uh, uh, well, like the Dodgers last year, I thought were the, one of the best teams on paper starting the season you mm-hmm. know, that I'd ever seen. They still probably only had a 25% chance of winning the World Series, and that played out because there's so many things that can go uh, wrong in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a season. So uh, I would put the Astros, you know, top two as far as their, their potential for winning it. Um, obviously, the Dodgers are still a very talented team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen with a team like the Padres, if they're going to 
you know, kind of put it all together at the right time. Uh, it seems like too every year there's a team like like last year with the Braves and the Nationals in 2019 that just get on a streak that uh, they hit it, start hitting on all cylinders at the right time. So, you know, it's hard to kind of predict exactly what's going to happen. But I, I do think that the Astros have a really good chance. They're bringing them back a lot of uh, the core players. Obviously, Correa is still a question mark, but mm-hmm. um, you know, Tucker's a year older, and, and uh, I think he's got a good good chance to to even progress further than the than he has already mm-hmm. um, you know uh, Jordan is is still young and um, uh, I think that uh, Bregman is you know coming back from his injuries is probably going to have a, a bounce back year so I, I feel really good about the Astros position um, uh, and I would put them probably first or second in, in their chance to win it all Man, there you go. Yeah, we got JV back this time around. <laughs> That's right. And hopefully everything works with him. <laughs> hopefully he can come back from it. If anybody can, it's, it's, it's him because he, yep. he is a competitor. So. He, he sure is. He's coming off Tommy John, which is always an always a interesting proposition. But, of course, when Lance came off of Tommy John, I mean, what? I mean, his season last year, was yeah. he, he was rock solid. Yeah. So you never, ever know. But, of course... If they somehow manage to not make it do it this year, we still have the golden era. And really the golden era, it is revolved around the the control of players such as Altuve and Bregman. Um, But these golden years won't last forever. Do you think the Astros will win at least one more World Series title sometime in the next five to seven years? Uh, I think the Astros uh, probably more than most teams are situated to reload. Uh, I think that their their attitude about players uh, and the way they develop their players uh, lets them bring up uh, uh, develop young players probably better than most teams. Uh, uh, I, I think that, yeah, hopefully the, I feel pretty good about them winning again in the next five years or so, uh, I feel, I kind of hesitate because I think they should have won one more in the last three <laughs> yep, years. Yep, yep, they <laughs> absolutely <least> should. <laughs> uh, and um, that was uh, obviously, you know, like 2019 was a real killer because that 2019 oh, Astros yeah. team was one of the great teams of all time. If you Seriously, at pitching-wise, especially. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, the lineup was was crazy. Uh, and, and last year, the lineup was, was remarkable. If you look at, uh, uh, you know, one through eight, it was – it was crazy scary uh, particularly yeah. one through seven you know it was it oh, was yeah. uh, uh and i think the ops plus of the seven <laughs> batter was like 115 or something so, uh <laughs> you know i think you're uh, so you know uh i can say that i think that they'll win the next five years but again you know things happen it, it's, yep. it's 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 uh you're really just kind of adding uh, a few points to your your chances you know by by making some different moves and um uh, still like i said even if you're the greatest team ever you probably only have a one in three chance of winning it all because just things happen yep you know you go to the postseason and yeah you, and you never know because um it's just it slumps you know so, so you get you get the basket hot the basket cold so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if we played, in my opinion, in 2019, if we played that series 10 times, we'd probably win nine of them, but we lost the one that we did play, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then we, you know, we lost 
all the home game. Every team lost the home games. I mean, uh, just, stuff yeah. like that. It's just things happen. Baseball's uh, a weird sport. It, it, it is, but that's what makes it beautiful, right? Because oh, yes. there's it's all the quirks there. Yeah. Well, you know, let's hope it's a good season. Uh, let's hope, hope that it's a season. Let's hope it's a <laughs> season. You know, <laughs> yeah. And regardless. We'll still root for our teams. For yeah. Travis, it's the Rangers for you and I. It's the Astros, and it's a. I'm sorry, it, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he grew up in Dallas. I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. DFW is my home. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, you've said in the past that the for the Astros, it's kind of like a family. You know, you can be disappointed yeah. in the Astros, but at the end of the day, they're still a family. Yeah, and that's the way it is with 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 fandom. You know, it's your team, and you know, I didn't pick the Astros it was just it's it's my team so um there you go uh and that's the way it is I mean I'm an Astros fan it just like you're a Rangers fan Travis and then um I don't begrudge anybody who's a Yankees fan or a Dodgers fan or um just be more polite sometimes but (laughs) (laughs) exactly well and you know we all have our teams baseball is a wonderful sport but you know we'll see and We'll just be here to to see how it all unfolds, but yeah, yeah. But man, Tony, uh, again, we really respect your work. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, and this has been a real treat for us because. And I know you don't, you don't, you're a man who doesn't like to gloat, but uh, what you did was truly special, and is something that is objective. It is admirable, and it's something that I, as an Astros fan, like you immensely appreciate so thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to join us to talk baseball together well thanks barry and thanks travis i appreciate those kind words it, it's uh, it's been a, a weird two years for a lot of different reasons but uh uh, 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 uh it's it's uh, something I, I wish that i didn't have to do or hadn't done or you know the, the situation wasn't there that i did <laughs> arose that made me do it but uh uh i'm i I feel you know good about what i I did accomplish with it there you go you rose to the occasion and you you marked your place in history so um go ahead you know we get we typically spend the the last part of the the interview just letting our guests plot themselves i mean if, if our listeners wanted to check out the website or check you out where can they find you tony uh the website is science scandal.com i'm on twitter uh adams underscore at uh and also i do some stuff for apollo houston uh, at apollo hou uh t-shirts and some other designs and uh, some memes and stuff like that <laughs> some more creative stuff uh uh but uh yeah that's where i'm at there you go a match made in heaven right there well they well there you go i mean uh, this has been awesome tony um yeah we really appreciate it thanks well friends this has been another great episode of no doubter with our good friend tony adams uh if you can just do us a favor here uh go ahead and subscribe to no doubter today wherever you get your podcast we're on all major platforms so you won't miss out on any future episodes that we put out Go ahead and give us a five-star review. Let us know how you're enjoying our programming to this point right now. We're on Facebook. You can find us there at No Doubter. We're also on Twitter. Uh, Boom and I and myself uh, follow, follow the podcast first and foremost and No Doubter Pod and also Instagram and No Doubter Pod as well. Follow Boom at Boombostic21, myself at Travis Lawfully, 
We've got Patreon there. You've got a few different tiers open right now. If you want to consider joining us and just starting at like a very few easy dollars a month, partnering with us here to get an even greater level of access and just help us really begin to build this program for the future. We've got a merch store through TeePublic here where you can get your favorite no doubter gear, such as mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts, uh, sweatshirts, phone cases, so many more things. They've been a great partner for us. You'll see all the important links in the description below here that we just talked about. Boom. What do we like to tell our audience as we close out every show? As you go into your week, no matter what you do, ladies and gentlemen, Bat 400, get that launch angle up and always swing for the fences. Yeah, it's been fun. We'll see y'all next time. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Boston. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silbrick.